Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Yeah, wow, perfect. Really nice talking to you, Miss Damalola. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you very much. Right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate your time and, and your dedication to doing this. Alright, so I'm just going to go ahead and get started. Alright. Hello, everyone. I am Mosido, and this is the Marcibo Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Marcelo Podcast, um, the podcast about culture and cultural nomads designed for blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, Marcelo, Nigerian-born, US-educated, Korean-speaking, struggling intellectual. Today I have with me a young lady that I met online, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. And um, I watched their video online about a horrid experience they had gone through, and I reached out to them through um, Instagram, and they replied... And um, the rest is the same history. So today I have with me a lady called Miss Oluwa Damnola Falogun. So I'll call her Miss Damnola for the purpose of this show. She's a native of Ikiti State and she comes from a family of four children and she lost her parents a while ago. She's actually a victim of human slavery and we're going to talk about just how that came to be and what she's currently engaged in right now. So everyone join me in welcoming Miss Damnola to the show. Hello. Hello. When I saw your video last month, uh, it, it struck a nerve with me because I'm very much interested in South Korea and North Korean politics, especially the relationship between South and North Korea. And I've watched a lot of videos, especially for those that have um, uh, escaped from North Korea to South Korea. What, what I'm bringing this up is when I saw your video, the look on your eyes, I, I thought it looked familiar. And it, I was able to just relate it to the, the look of the eyes of those that I've seen that have escaped you know, North Korea to South Korea. And the way I could just labeled that was trauma like someone that has been through trauma you know and i wanted to explore that with you so tell me can you rehash your experience and and just in a few words what really happened to you the story started 2014 when i lost my parents mm -hmm. i was once a student of moshida pillar polytechnic so i could not finish because of the the death of my parents so i stopped schooling i tried to struggle on how to put a food on my table then I worked at a resort in Lagos yeah. here in Nigeria. Then that was where I would be able to gather my money and travel out. Uh, a travel agent who introduced me to Oman. Probably we were planning to travel to Canada before, but we were duped by a pastor. Yeah. So, and the agents were like, this is the fastest and cheapest way to travel. And it cost less than six or eight thousand. And within a week or two, I will be there. I was not informed that this is the kind of job I want to go and do there. Hmm. So on getting there, that was when I knew it is an housemate job. Because immediately I landed at the airport, Moscow airport, my passport was seized. Because it is a two years contract. Yeah. If I did not finish the two years contract for body, I would not be able to come back to my country. The first family I was harassed by the boss, he said I would... If I want to have a peaceful life here in Oman, I will have to comply with him, like having sex with him. Okay. So I thought to myself, how will I be able to escape from this kind of issues? Because I could not speak Arab, Omani Arab, yeah. so there is no way I can communicate with them. And I need an evidence in order to show them so that I will be able to say, be free or change to another family. Because I know I cannot come back home will probably change my family, the family I work with over there. So I make a short video, a uh, five seconds video 
of the man naked when uh, the madam was now around. So I make a five uh, a five minutes video, and I run away and go back to the office there in Oman. Yeah. So I show them the video. They were like, "Why? How? And where did I get a phone? And how come I make a video without the boss knowing? Instead of them siding me, they're siding the boss. That why would I make a video of him? They seized my phone, and I was moved to another. I they changed my family. That was where I worked eight months and find a way to come back home. All right. Well, um, thank you for letting us know that. And I, want, I must commend you for actually opening up and talking about these very sensitive issues. And I can't even imagine. I can't even wrap my head as to what you've experienced. Um, before we go into some of the questions that I had based on what you've talked about, are you like, how would you, what are you comfortable with people calling you? Do you want them to call you a survivor or an ex-slave or a victim? Like, how would you want to be addressed? A survivor. A survivor. I like that word, survivor. You, so you, you were duped by a pastor and then you went to someone that kind of sent you to Oman. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, when you applied for the visa to go to Oman, what was your official reason for traveling to Oman? I, normally, I, you know, I had to stop schooling when I lost my parents. Yeah. The way the, um, the, the agent with mouth, like when I get there a month, I can actually save and more, like 500,000 a month or, or more. Yeah. Then I was actually like, ah, I can go there and work for like six months, come back and continue my education because I really want to go back to school. So. That was why. On was there like a work offer letter from the organization that you work with? Did they offer you like an offer letter? I'm just wondering how the visa interview must have gone because I know if you come to the US here, if you're coming to work, you have to have like a special kind of visa for work. Was your visa for work? No, no, no interview, nothing. I only uh, get my uh, visa and everything at the airport there when I was going. All right. I'm asking because I want. I just want to be able to be very clear. It's right for those that are listening. So that's actually a sign already. If you don't go through a normal means yeah. of getting your passport, there are, some there are some agents that will advise you not to tell anybody that. If you tell people that, you know, now those with mouth, like you will tell people they will confuse to you not to travel because they don't want you to be a better person. So you need to keep it to yourself. When you get there, you can call your family and all that. So that's a sign right there. Any agent that is letting you know, don't talk to anybody, and they're trying to offer you a deal under the table, they possibly don't have your best interest at heart. All right. Um, so I'm wondering, in your video, you talked about seeing Nigerians, some Nigerians there. What was your, like, how were you guys able to, like, connect to each other, and were they really helpful to you as well? I, we met at um, Muscat, the airport over there. Because when I was living, we were like two or three. And when we get there at the office, we met a lot of ladies. But well, we are not allowed to talk to them because then, then by, they faced a lot of challenges and they are at the office to complain. So they were not allowed to talk to us in order not to discourage us. So it was when I went back to the office after five months, four months, that was when I get to know that this is, um, this place is not a place or Nigeria or any ladies can be because is that they turn them to a slave or actually they call us a slave Shangala means slave Shangala and, yes they call us Shangala is that Omani Arabic or yeah. just Arabic oh. Omani Arabic okay Shangala when we get there they will be like they own they own us for that two years they can do anything for us anything 
they can kill us, they can do anything as long as we comply with have no problem with them. But there are some ladies who enjoy there because they, they are able to give their boss whatever it takes to stay there. Hmm. The reason why I have a problem is because I could not allow the boss to have sex with me. I cannot allow my uh, having sex in order to be a better person. So I I never allowed the boss to have sex with me. So that is why I have a lot of problems, a lot of challenges. And there are a lot of Nigeria girls there now crying to come back home. I still have like 10 friends over there now that I get in touch with. That they are crying and dying to come back here. And immediately some people are, um, saw my video on um, Sahara TV. They yeah. get in touch with me. Yeah. Trying to tell me that they are still there, that I should try to help them a lot. Hmm. Most times I feel so bad that I could not, I don't know how to respond to them yeah. because I am, I've once been there, so I know what they are really facing. Hmm. Today's that we wash wall every day. Wall, you know, in Nigeria we repaint. Yeah. Once uh, we don't like the color or yeah. it gets dirty, yeah. but over there, as long as we're a slave, we wash the wall. You wash the wall, like scrub it. Is it because of the, yeah. the, the like it's a bit dusty and all that? You you wash the wall? Yeah, wow. wash the wall. Wow. So there's a lot of challenges over there. Wow. And it is like working for an extended family. It is not like you are working for a family. I see. So the family, the the, the husband, the wife, the the grandparents, the kids, the cousins, because I mean that's the Arab way of living. They live in in large households, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, like um, I I stay in a family. A, a sister of the mother I'm working, to, um, working with can just come in like I need your ask me to come and work with me at home. Then I follow her immediately, and that person can just come and pick me again over there. Mm. So I work like an self and I work anywhere. All right. Wow. Um. Thanks for sharing that. Now, um, looking back to just how, how you were taken, because so, you told me about some some of the circumstances that were surrounding your life before you went to Oman, and that was, you know, you had lost your parents, you, you started working somewhere else, you were trying to just get a fresh start, you had saved up enough money to move to Canada, but you got duped. Would you say it was easier for those people to prey on you because you didn't have your parents anymore, and you were just really desperate yeah. to leave the country? Did you say that was that no. made it easier for them to like, you know, give you this no. deal? No, no, no. Okay. No, <laughs> a lot of people over there. <laughs> it's it is not because I I don't have parents. Normally, you know, I told you at first that the agent with mouth. A lot of people I over see. there they ask parents, and they're even okay in Nigeria. But coming to them like a youth, a young youth, like yeah. a, a 10, 19 years, like a, a a man just come to you and say that would you like to travel out per week? You can be getting like five hundred thousand. You understand? And you just sit down and think that in a month I can save a million plus. Wow, if I come back to my country, I'll be a rich girl. Let me yeah. just go and gather some money. Yeah. So that is just it. So that, I wasn't trying to be confirmatory in my sentence. I'm just trying to think how we can prevent it. So looking back, what could you say you would have done differently to have prevented you from being in this situation? If I have the chance to, I would advise the government to close the the Nigeria immigration, not to allow the uh, Nigeria girls nor the uh, male guys to travel to any Arab country for slave jobs okay. uh, because um, when I was at Oman I heard that um, this Ethiopia people they stopped their girls to come to enter Oman again because some people have to phone their family that this is what we are passing through and it's caused a lot of troubles and they need to close the um, their immigration and everything that there is no uh, Nigeria, um, Ethiopia girls or any 
any of their family going to Oman or any other Arab country again. So they stopped that immediately before I leave Oman. Yeah. I witnessed that. But if they could do the same in Nigeria, yeah. because right now so a journalist talked to me and it was uh, all over social media. Some agents contacted me like they were fighting me that do you, don't you know that I, I won't be able, they won't be able to feed their family again with what I am doing? Wow. Are they paying me? Are they doing this? That I, I'm I'm closing their job. That how would they feed their family? How would they eat? Why would I be doing this? When they uh, well I know that that's the only means of surviving and I'm like wow. So you're happy that we are all going there to, for, for slavery or all that? Because the, the main stupid purpose is that this agency, they collect some percentage from the Oman yeah. people. Because it's just free. Visa and the ticket is just free. When we get there, we get to know that um, the white people are the ones who paid for our visa and tickets, not the money we actually pay in Nigeria. So they collect a percentage again from the office in Oman, sending us there. So it's a like business transaction. It's a business transaction. Yes. Yes. Mm. So they make a lot of money. All right. I understand the, the impact of the government. Like you've talked about them reducing the rate at which women, girls or people that are being shipped to those countries. But how about the place of individual responsibility? Like as a person, like how, like if you could go back to that moment, what do you think could have stopped you from doing it because one thing i think is that people will still do what they want to do at the end of the day but if you could change one person's life if you could speak to them based on your situation how would you tell people to be more responsible for themselves so that they don't fall into the same situation if i should think well money i used to travel and the money i was dropped i can use it to start up a business or go into a um, vocational training like an hairdresser fashion designer start up a new life but because I was, um, uh, this man's sweet mouth sweetened me, so I could not think straight. And my own case is because I want to start a new life. I want to live an environment. Start, just change everything that wouldn't stop me from thinking about my parents. Anything that would just let me think about them. But as for individuals that are the parents, yeah. I would advise them not to be, not to, uh, let me say, eager to travel, travel out of the country because this Nigeria can actually, um, Go into a vocational training. Yeah. You have to help yourself, help your family, feed uh, anybody you want to feed, and just try to earn as a youth. Not go, not being in an eager to travel. If you are not going there to um, study yeah. or have a business meeting and all that, I wouldn't advise yeah. a youth yeah, to travel to work as an housemaid hmm. or a cleaner. I like that. So another thing you that I picked out during your interview was this: how you said there's no, there's not even a Nigerian embassy in Oman. And of course, when I think about that, I think about like there's no representation for Nigerians. Even if you had the opportunity to escape from your current holding, because going straight to an embassy where your country's your country's embassy in a foreign land should guarantee you some form of refuge. So what do you think about not yeah. even having? I mean, pending when we can, when the government can reduce the the flow of these girls, do you suggest that the Nigerian government should open an embassy in um, Oman, for example, or what, I mean, I just want yeah, to... so that they can make a complaint. Yeah. After. People make a complaint over the, um, maybe when they see a police or, but it's very hard for them to get con connected to a police or actually go to that embassy you're talking about, that immigration office, because it's just like prison. You're not allowed to go out. You're not allowed to use phone every time you're not allowed to talk to your family so it is very hard for you to go to um, um, 
an embassy or make a complaint, go out, meet a police officer, it's very difficult for you because you are not allowed to go out. You are locked in, just like a prison. Wow, okay. Thank you for that. While you were there, what kept you going? The grace of God, because I keep praying. I believe in God that one day I would surely live here peacefully and God actually did a miraculous way for me to... I, I, I didn't believe it. Actually, I should be in Oman right now. Because I've not come, I did not complete my two years contract. My two years contract should finish this year October. And when were you released? Last year, because I I have no choice than to turn myself to an actress, start acting, start beating myself up like. So I told her that uh, there is a law in Nigeria that the last girl of the family is the one to bury the, um, their parents once they are late. Yeah. That's yes. I keep praying. They say, okay, since you've lost your parents, since you don't have family, you can turn us as your family. So what? So you as my family, so I need to keep quiet. I don't know how this God give me the strength. I didn't eat for three days. Hmm. I was crying. No, I won't change my mind. They locked me up for three weeks in order for me to change my mind. Maybe I'm not going to my country. I said, no, I would not go back to that family. I'm going back. I refuse to be a slave. I'm going back. Now, let's talk about your rescue mission. So you had to even turn to an actress by videotaping that person that was about to assault you. Now, just before that moment, when you were rescued, like, and then the moment where you were rescued, how can you describe your state of mind? When I was rescued? Yes. I, I Actually, I didn't believe that I'm actually leaving the country that day, even when my um, ticket was ready. Because I actually witnessed uh, five uh, one scenario at the office, a lady planning to leave, and um, they drive her down to... They drive her to um, airport, like they said, until now we, we did not hear anything about the girl again. Hmm. So when I was inside the cab going to the airport, I was just praying that, God, I, I don't want my own case to be like this girl. I want my own case to be different. I want to give a testimony. I want to be a voice house when I, go to, when I get to my country so that a lot of souls can be saved. Because a lot of people are missing when we are there. It's just by the grace of God. I am in it. it is when I entered the plane that was when I believed that yes, I'm actually coming back to my country. And I was just like thanking God for giving me another life to live. It's just like giving giving so um giving um giving someone a yeah. grace to live again. To live again, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because many are there and could not return. But for me, returning is just a grace, a second life, second opportunity to live again. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you you were able to escape that. Now, um, how's how are you doing currently? How would you describe your state of mind now? I'm fine. As long as as long as there is life, I know a lot of things is too cold. Yeah. Business. Yeah. Now, I, and I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you still have that. Um, hope and that zest for life now shortly after you came back to the country what would you say was the most difficult thing for you to adjust to uh, you know I don't have a gun with me when I get back to you. Yeah. all I do is just to survive with my um, siblings because they don't know what I passed until the Sahara TV so they were like wow so you passed through a lot of things but I could not tell them, you know, now that those are, these siblings are the only people I have. And once they know that this is what I'm passing, I can lose another person, I can lose my sister, I can lose my brother. So it's better I just keep quiet, not telling them this is what I passed through. Yeah. 
So I just go to eat, and then there was a form going out, like a Moremi contestant, yeah. like a beauty pageant rather. So I need to join the uh, um, pageant, like be one of the contestants, and to God be the glory, I was part of the final list. Yeah. Because God has actually been the support because we're like 1,000 plus, and they only picked for for the one final list. So that was when I get to Miss Bissazu and Kade Moloyi. And she was like, you know, they were asked that, why do you want us to pick, choose you as the next queen Moloyi? So I, I gave a short story about me. And then uh, Moloyi, she, she's a brave lady who actually was enslaved and come back in order to save oh, the Yoruba land. I see, yeah, yeah. So that was the reason why I could speak out and then... She really supports me. That's wow. You'll be the voice. Very good. And uh, so, what you experienced was trauma. And sometimes people will say, "Well, for this kind of trauma, there's something they call PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder." Were you able to get any form of counseling or treatment to help you reintegrate back into, you know, your familiarity? That was when you came back to Nigeria. Yeah, my my is that she's a nurse. She was one who treats me when I came because I feel that I would, I'm really busy. I don't have time to rest because over there they don't treat us at all. If you're sick, you just use, find a way yourself. And thank God I never forced it when I was over there. I need to just treat myself immediately. I get to Nigeria. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. And um, along that line, for those that want to hear more about the people you work with, like the Moreme Foundation, can you say a little bit more about them? You want to know more about the Moeme Foundation? Yeah, for those that are curious to know more about them, yes. You're still affiliated with them, correct? I'm still the only survivor for the Moeme. Yeah. And we are still open to get a lot of people, to help a lot of people out over there and create more awareness. If anybody wants to connect with me or ask the details about anything or ask more about it, maybe get in touch with any other person. Yeah. You can just follow up on Instagram. Yeah. Say no to slavery. Say no to slavery. And I'm happy you, I'm very happy that you came out, you know, you're back now. And I just feel like there's still so many people that are still waiting to be rescued. What can we of do? Course. Like, what can I, what can I do? What can we do to, to make this better? What can we do to help these people? Drawing from your own experience. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it is easy. But with God, everything can be anyway. Because over there, if you want to return to your country without finishing your three years contract, you need to pay some of money a month before you can be rescued. Yeah. But with the help of the government and, and other people, help them out over there. The help of the government. Um, uh, for those that want to, is there like a, a place to, of course, I can tell people to help you as well with your school and things that you, um, you probably currently work, so at least you can get back on your, on your feet again. But for those that, is there like a funding mechanism or like a way for people that want to donate to help free pe- people that are held captive in some of these countries? Are you aware of any mechanisms for people to put their money towards helping those that are enslaved? Yes, they can me through the Instagram. Okay. I'm saying that if they want to get in touch with me, so for those that want to reach out to you and learn more about how to help these people, they just reach out to you on your Instagram handle, right? Say no to slavery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you this off-the-cuff question: Would you wish you were born in a different country than Nigeria, or would you have wished you were born into a different country? No. Sorry, say again. No, I'm proud of my country. You're proud of your country. Given what you've gone through, why are you yeah. so proud of Nigeria? I'm curious to know. Um. Like I said, over there, there is no freedom. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things that 
Nigeria actually have been that they don't have over there. Like what? A lot of things. You know, actually, you cannot enslave a lady here in Nigeria, and a lot of people would not save that um, the, the girl child. It's not possible. But over there, though, um, everything over there is free. Their education, as long as they are born and brought up in Oman, their education and everything is free over there. Why it is not here, but we are actually trying here. The government are actually trying now, improving. Which I pray that things will get better very soon. Yeah. But when you talk about the freedom, uh, peace of mind, everything, I'm really proud to be in Nigeria. All right. Thank you for that. And um, I, I must commend your zest for being still being Nigerian and how you are still even able to compare and contrast what you experienced in Oman and your still your passion for nigeria as well now for those agents these agents that you're talking about i mean were the police involved at the point where you were able to like arrest them or give them the names of no. those agents and and all of that no, no. what happened with that i don't know but for now they've not involved all right um because i feel like to prevent this from happening we just we need to like attack it from the roots because if we're trying to talk about individual responsibility, we also need to crack down on the agents, involve the police force, and also leverage um, airlines as well. Because they see these people being trafficked, they probably can be able to rescue some women from being trapped to other countries. That's why I asked you that question. Um, They've not. They haven't been. All right. So you're currently in school now in National Open University, right? Yeah. What are you studying? Entrepreneurship and business management. Good. What do you hope to do with that afterwards? Like, what kind of problems would you like to solve with that degree? Well, actually, like, you know, you know, you know a lot about entrepreneurship. If I would God grant me the grace, I'll be able to, like, you know, the orphanage. The, these girls going around, they they don't have a mess to survive. Yeah. I cannot own a foundation, having a training of fashion designer, dressing, and all sorts of things. I'll train them for like six months, then. They work with me for three months yeah. to just be like a year contract. After after I um, train them for six months, they work uh, they work with me for three months in order to get back for the money. Then I will they will be free and start their own too in order to be able to feed their family and all that. In order to plan of traveling or engaging in um, prostitution and all different type of harassment. I'm really interested in studying entrepreneurship and business management in order to help the girls out there. Very good. So probably, you good. So probably a place where they can learn skills, where they can translate into jobs and sources of livelihood. Okay. Perfect. I like that. That's that's very um, smart and uh, I do wish you the very best with that. And um, Another question I'd like to ask you is this. Around that time, just before you, you you went to Oman, did anybody warn you? Was there anybody that maybe even gave you like an idea like this might likely happen to you before you left? Did you receive no. any kind of warning? No. If you had, even if it was just one or two, would you have still gone? No. Would you? Definitely. You would not have gone. Okay. Um, I, I want to imagine that one of the things you have to deal with in addition to other things you're dealing with is that guilt of escaping like you although you've escaped you still remember those that are there that haven't had the opportunity you've had now if those girls have a chance to listen to this podcast to listen to the show what would you like to say to them to God. it's only god who listens to the secret prayer and once they talk to god 
is the only one that can rescue them. Not even anyone. But once they are patient and prayerful, and there is there's a law in Oman. Once they work six months in a family, they are free on their own. Okay. But they can't go out. But I would advise them to stay like a year in a family without changing. Endure for a year, just as I do. And just add up in order to rescue themselves before we do, because I don't know if the government will actually be interested in this. Before we actually do, they should, they can actually make a move after a year, but not, they should not try it before six months or a year. If not, they might kill them. They might not have the grace I have. So they should be patient for a year, work hard, and before they start the drama, they should pray more close to God. That God, I need to, I need to be rescued on my own. Then bring up a thing. They might say someone died or their child is sick yeah. or any, bring up anything, any, any, anything, just form anything. You know, to save yourself and be ready to pay your tickets to return back. Even if you don't have anything to come back home to me and just try to free yourself because I, I, I actually know what they are really passing through. Sexual harassment, the way they beat them, the, the way they, they treat them anyhow. Pour water, uh, pour water on them. They won't, uh, they won't sleep. They walk, we walk 24 hours. So I actually know what they're really passing through. Hmm. So I will really say sorry to them and they should be a little bit patient. But I would actually try my best because I said I would, I would never stop until I am seeing people rescuing back to Nigeria. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for that. Um, and on the flip side of this, for girls that are listening to this, or even boys, because I want to imagine that it goes both ways, what can you say again to them as a cautionary tale, as a warning sign? How would you advise them to not engage in this? For example, they can meet anybody. An agent can come to meet them that you want to travel. Do you, um, do you have interest in traveling? Do you want to go to a, a country to work, gather a money? It is not possible for you. Money is not end easily. It is not possible for you to go out of the country because a lot of people that is over there they, they are really suffering so don't don't expect to travel and make money the, the way they sweet mouth you it is not possible it is not easy over there once a, an agent comes to meet you telling you you should drop a sum of money in order for you to travel now because they know that this awareness is on some agents are even not collecting any money because they know they will collect a percentage from them over there. They're not collecting money again now. Some might collect just hundred thousand or fifty thousand. So don't be don't don't, don't be uh, don't be like don't be too happy. Like wow, they're collecting yeah. fifty thousand yeah. Yes, they're collecting to fifty thousand, just fifty thousand for me to leave this country. Wow. Don't 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 be too happy. Just mm. stay on your own. Even drinking gary in your country, drinking all dry water, eating biscuits. Mm. And be fine. Seeing your family happy, you, you, you'll be okay. I'm believing in yourself that yes, I'm working towards your goals. You actually achieve a lot of things. But don't, don't, don't be too eager to travel. Don't let anybody sweet mouth you. Meet, um, two or three elderly person in your family for advice. And mostly some elderly person, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, don't, don't, some parents, they'll be like, wow, oh, mommy, please try to leave. Leave this country now. They say for six months you gather like four, five million. You have that big sum of money, mm-hmm. thinking it is just easy. 
it is not possible for you to go out there and work for, for work for a month and um, save five hundred thousand. It is not possible. So be content with what you have and don't fall easily into quick scams. Anyone telling you they're gonna give, you're just gonna pay fifty k or hundred thousand naira, there's you're gonna pay for it with your life. Is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Be wise. All right. Thank you. Um. For now, finally, what will be the most help to you? Like, what can we help you with now? If you need, if you could name one thing we can help you with, and by we I mean me and the people listening to this show, and then my fans as well. What what can we help you with, Miss Damilola? Me, I would just I would advise they should really focus on people over there much. Like I am safe with my family. I am happy. I have another life to live again because I know a lot of people are out there. So they they are passing through a lot of pain. They can't tell their family because they they won't be happy. They know their family here won't be happy that they are passing through a lot of things. So they, we should focus on people over there in order to save them back here because they really need attention. They need people to save them. I don't know how that's going to be possible, but I just want to think that maybe somebody listening to this might be in the power to um, make legislation changes or even demand for the release, especially for those that want to leave those countries. And I don't want to yeah. think it's only happening in Arab countries. I've heard of some girls, you know, traffic to European countries as well. I think the, the catch is that people are being held against their will, especially when it dawns on them that, hey, this is not what I bargained for. But for those that really want to leave those countries, there should be mechanism in place for them to be able to leave. So that's what we're really appealing to. So anyone listening to this, if you have the means for that, um, especially for Ms. Damlola's friends and the people she met in Oman that are dying to leave that country, if we can, if there's any way you can help, please let us know. Or even go ahead and start making those changes. Because my biggest my biggest goal for bringing Ms. Damlola on the show is for her to really portray the struggles of you know being in that country and all the things she experienced and also giving the opportunity for those that are there how they can even begin to leave if they want to escape anyways um so once more can you tell us your instagram handle say no to slavery say no to slavery on instagram yes all right. yes not not capital letter uh no, um, it is number two not t-o oh, say no to so s-a-y-n-o-2 and then slavery, right? Yes. Yeah. One word, all right. Yes, yeah, no space. No space, all right. Okay, and I'm going to add that to the announcement as well. Um, I don't know if you have any other questions for me, Ms. Damala, but I must commend you again for coming on the show, for talking about your experience. And you you were selfless enough to say what it was like for you and even took a bit of your responsibility in, in what happened to you and your hope for the girls that are there, for the people that are trafficked, especially in that part of the world where you talked about and um, even currently right now, studying entrepreneurship in school, and I wish you the very best with that. If there's any way, any additional message you have or any other thing we can do for you on the show, please don't forget to you know contact me. You have my information as well. Let me know how else I can help you. But I'm going to send this out to everybody, and they will reach you directly and provide whatever resources they have to give to you. So I want to thank you so much for giving yourself available freely to come on the show and talk about you know these very important sensitive issues um do you have any questions for me before i wrap it up no i don't but i'll i will just be grateful i'll be very happy if i see a turn up okay what does that turn up mean yeah it's turn up from um People listening to me right now, okay. like saving other people out there, okay. or 
either me if they want to assist in one way or the other i'll be very grateful all right so that's it i'll guys. be online 24 hours to reply for this message okay well everyone you've, you've heard it from the horse's mouth um please go to her instagram as um say no to the number two slavery um do you have an email perhaps as well especially for those that might not be on instagram yeah um you know what you should do for me? Just email me um, or send it to me on WhatsApp, your email address as well. Because I might have some people that might not be on Instagram so they can be able to connect with you as well. Okay? Yes, ma'am. All right. All right, everyone. This was the show. Um, I've had the privilege of talking to Mr. Damnola Falodu, um, a survivor of um, slavery to Oman and where she rehashed her experiences you know, being there and um, just how what we can do to prevent that from happening. So we talked about individual responsibility and also signs of understand of knowing that this is not definitely a good deal you want to be a part of. So if it's too if it's too cheap, if it's not going through the right mechanisms, and also the place the government, what the government can do as far as establishing embassies in these countries or even like legal representation or liaison between our country and Nigeria and these countries. So that way people that want to leave, how they can easily leave. So if you want to help with this means contact me from Damlala Faladun or you can even email me as well um, if you have other ideas of how we can help set these people free. Um, this has been the Monsible Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and I hope to catch you guys on that episode. Alright, Ms. Damlala, thank you so much. Please reach out to me. You have my number now. You have my Instagram page. If there's anything you need help with, please, you know, please, please, please let me know. All right, then. and welcome back home. I'm, I'm so happy you got out of this, and I wish you the very best. Thank you very much. All right, bye bye, dear. I was lost inside the desert, vultures circling round my head, but thanks to God now, I made it out of there. I was just another sheep inside the belly of the beast, but thanks to God now. I made it out of death. Guru Guru Mejay Leshe, Jaya Mepa, Hallelujah. Guru Guru Mejay Leshe, Jaya Mepa, Hallelujah. Guru Guru Mejay Leshe, Jaya Mepa, Hallelujah. Guru Guru Mejay Leshe, Jaya Mepa, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Can't you see the hand of heaven is upon me? Yeah, yeah. It's a lottery now. It's 40 days and 40 nights. Sick and you shall find. I say, more muscle to yours. More butter to your bubble. More blessing to the Talika. May God give you all the barica. More muscle to yours. More butter to your bubble. More blessed to the Talika, may God give you a new barica. Outside and my night has turned to day I see clearly now I used to be lost and God showed me the way I see now All I see is blessings every time I look back I see clearly now Hallelujah, Meje Baba Mojuba Guru Meje Leshe, I am a 